everybody we are here for another postcards from the galaxy's edge thanks for tuning in so if you are new to watching this um this can sometimes be a live stream this can sometimes be a podcast um a little backstory on the title it's called postcards from the galaxy's edge the reason why there's kind of two sources first is from the late great carrie fisher's one i think it's a belief it's her first autobiography book called postcards from the edge and then of course we have the new theme park coming up called galaxy's edge so just kind of fit hand in hand and put it together but today as you can see we are broadcasting from wonderful kashik i thought it was a bit appropriate because of our dear passing of our dear friend Peter Mayhew and so it, it was just kind of appropriate to kind of have this next one from Kashyyyk and everything. What we kind of have happen, the layout of the show, is we also have a, as you can see, we broadcast from a different planet every time and we have uh basically we get some canon facts but what i'm excited to say is i actually have a navigator i'm starting to put a crew together uh sometimes i have a co-pilot when i don't have a co-pilot that's when i usually go with more of a live stream because for whatever reason i can't talk like this just staring at a microphone uh so i guess because i'm live i can't go um and oz too much i, I have to think on the fly so flying solo but i want to introduce to you my navigator jerry aka canon junkie we actually met at star wars celebration and uh, he has done a little ditty for us that he is going to tell us about wonderful kashik so fingers crossed let's take it away jerry thanks shannon i've got the nav computer all set up so let's make the jump to beautiful kashik kashik is a temperate jungle planet orbiting a single star located in the Maitaranor sector of the Mid-Rim. It has three moons, is covered in Rorschach trees, and is home to the mighty Wookiees. Now, Wookiees might seem primitive on first glance, but they are actually quite technologically advanced. Uh, they are excellent ship builders and quite good at weapon making as well. They also build fantastic, beautiful cities inside their great Rorschach trees. In the years following the invasion of Naboo, the rogue Jedi Count Dooku fomented political turmoil on the planet. Due to its status as a major navigational point, Kashyyyk was of prime strategic importance to the Galactic Republic, which led the Confederacy of Independent Systems to attack the planet toward the end of the Clone Wars. With the help of Yoda and the Grand Master of the Jedi Order and Jedi Master Luminara Unduli, the Grand Army of the Republic managed to get the upper hand on the Separatists. However, shortly after that victory, the Supreme Chancellor of the Republic Sheev Palpatine unilaterally transformed the government into the first galactic empire. Despite Kashyyyk's loyalty to the Republic, the self-appointed emperor had the Wookiees enslaved, and their planet itself was blockaded. Used as slave labor, the Empire utilized the Wookiees to cut down the planet's native Rorschach trees for lumber, to farm food, to feed the Imperial Army, as well as sent them off to labor camps and construction jobs such as building the first Death Star, or for science and bioweapon experiments. In addition to being occupied and enslaved, Kashyyyk was also stripped of its name and designated Imperial Territory G5-623 by 18 BBY. In the months following the Battle of Endor and the death of the Galactic 
Empire's totalitarian ruler, the New Order will be thrown into a fractured and volatile state, putting Kashyyyk on lockdown as supplies and convoys fell victim to the newly formed New Republic. With the Republic unwilling to divert resources towards the planet, Han Solo and Chewbacca would undertake a mission on the world with various other Wookiee refugees turned mercenaries. Following the liberation of Kashyyyk, Wookiee and New Republic forces conducted mopping up operations against the Imperial holdouts. During one of these operations, Chewbacca himself reunited with his son, Lumpawaru, who had escaped from an Imperial slave labor camp. Kashyyyk has had a varied and very tragic history, but is once again a lovely, safe place to visit in the galaxy, and it has also had over 50 canon appearances. Shannon, back to you. All right. Thanks for that, Jerry. So yes, that is the wonderful Canon Junkie, or it's at Junkie Canon, but uh, you can find him and he's going to be our navigator moving forward. So thanks again for that, Jerry. So hopefully you guys learned a little bit about Kashyyyk and where we are broadcasting from. It's funny, actually, as I was building the graphics and things for tonight's show, I had Solo playing in the background, which um, there's a massive campaign I want to give a shout out to that's uh, Make Solo 2 Happen. It's a hashtag on May 23rd. It's going to be a massive kind of, you know, if you really were a big fan of the film and you'd like to see a second one made, it wasn't my favorite, but I, I don't think it deserved as much flack as it got. There were definitely some choices that were a bit... Uh, in my opinion, like um, having Solo get his name from an Imperial officer. I don't know how I feel about that. And there's a few almost too fanservice-y. However, it still is well-deserved. So my hope is um, maybe they will consider making a Solo 2 on the new streaming service, the Disney Plus streaming service. So fingers crossed, maybe we'll get that. But yes, uh, use the hashtag MakeSolo2. Um, happen. I think it's, oh, I'm going to have to look it up. I'll post it later or uh, in the chat and things like that. But yeah, uh, make Solo 2 happen. Hashtag uh, even uh, Yota Sotomo, the person who is now playing Chewbacca, uh, he's been using the hashtag in his Instagram and things like that. So it's it's picking up momentum. And heck, if the Clone Wars can get saved, who knows? So yeah, and also hit up the Resistance broadcast guys. They're the ones who are really kind of spearheading it and everything. With that said, we do have to to have a moment for Peter Mayhew, who has sadly left us. I, I know I'm a bit behind on it because it happened last week, and now technically two weeks because he passed on actually the 30th of April, but we didn't hear until a couple days later. I, you know, I never met Peter Mayhew at any conventions or anything. It's funny before guy who played R2D2. Oh my God, I can't believe I just pulled a blank on his name. Last name Baker. I think it's Tony Baker. He uh, actually rode past me on a mobility scooter. And at that same convention, I actually had a security guard gently push me out of the way because Stan Lee was walking right past me to get to something. So I do. I have this very bad habit of being in the way of celebrities and things. So, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of awkward. But anyway, I, I wish I had a run in with uh, Peter Mayhew like at the conventions. But he sounded like he was an absolute gentleman and I, I love the when he tells the story of how he uh got the job and you know being from England and a gentleman standing up and all George Lucas had to do was kind of go yep we think we found him but um 
yeah, just it's a shame, but I, I think it's kind of it's getting to that point. And it, it makes those lines like in the trailers, like no one's ever really gone almost how much more poignant. Like I actually it's funny and some people might give me a little flack for this. I actually remember I cried at the first viewing of The Last Jedi during the scene between Luke and Leia because when that came out, Carrie Fisher had already passed for a year. And so just the hearing that no one's ever really gone, I mean, it caught me at a moment that I actually was finding myself tearing up in the um, the cinema. So it, I think even though that the, you know, the baton had been passed over to Jonas, it, it's still, it's still sad and everything. And the thing was, he was just with us. He was at celebration. I know he had um, he had to cancel. I'm not sure what days he had to cancel because I remember some people kind of grumbling about it, which I can understand being disappointed. But also, come on, it's, you know, and then like that, he was gone two weeks later. It, it just was very surreal. It was kind of like you were just here. But it was, you know, it just makes you kind of focus on life a little bit and just realize just how quick and precious it really is and not to take it for granted i think all of us in the hustle and bustle of everyday life just kind of we forget that sometimes but on that note i will not <laughs> i'm not going to have this be like a self help or a um meditations with shannon kind of podcast or um, live stream but it's uh it's it's just something to still think about that i i when it moments like this happen it makes me kind of appreciate you know when I'm cycling in the hustle and bustle in London it's like okay appreciate I'm you know where you are uh so definitely there's I wish him well and his family and things like that but let's talk about some of our favorite Chewbacca moments I asked one of my good guy friends at work and of course the one that's probably very classic is the banter uh, that uh between that's in the Empire Strikes Back and you hear that little chewy laugh there. I can't even do it. There's going to be some Chewbacca impressions tonight that are just not going to be very good. <laughs> but, you know, you have the, you know, him, and just Han Solo kind of turning to him and going, laugh it up, fuzzball. It just, you can tell they're like brothers. Like, it's, it's a great moment. It's a really great moment. And um, what's another fun chewy moment? I actually, but it, it's tricky because it's not, Peter Mayhew but I think another one that shh, don't listen is uh when Chewbacca is trying to eat the Borg he's roasted this Borg and things like that and there's like this family of them just looking at him and he's just about to bite and he just that just those that moment where he just looks back and forth you know that was definitely Peter speaking the Jonas and talking about those head tilts and everything it's it's all in a subtle body movements and whatnot so um and of course the little one like yeah it's funny if i can't you probably can't tell but there's always arabesh in all my graphics and that arabesh actually spells things out so if anyone's really super clever and wants to decode them i always have secret messages and all my graphics and they're always different so when I'm streaming Battlefront or when I'm doing different live streams with like postcards or with retro game night, there's always Arabesh and they're always, it actually says something. So I won't say what this one says, but um, the one last episode where we were on Octu, it said porgs are not food. So yes, there's always something in there. So it's a little clever little Easter egg as well that um, I just go that much more nerdy 
with my graphics and things that, um, and let's hope that the font makes it an actual translation because I found out, because I have Arabesh actually on my folding bike and my helmet. I wanted, in The Force Awakens, Ray puts on fighter, you know, a X-Wing pilot helmet. Well, it actually says Ray on the side, but not Ray as an R-E-Y. It's R and it's an A and an E looking letter and um, I went to this place and I even made sure I copied the certain letter and they didn't get it quite right. So hopefully anyway, the Arabash is a proper translation and things like that. But um, kind of moving on, speaking of like we kind of touched on the make, make Solo 2 happen and things like that. We in news have been told the next three Star Wars films release dates and it's 2022 2024 and 2026 which i did the math and 2026 i will be 42 years old oh yeah it's just kind of like uh yeah so it's funny we i actually did a poll on twitter and there was four options and it was what do you think these next three films are and the options were Game of Thrones dudes, because I can't spell Benny Alfred Weiss. You know, Game of Thrones dudes. Or is it B, Ryan Johnson? C, something else? Or D, don't care, I'll be dead. Because <laughs> a lot of us have been on Twitter. Because a lot of us are in our late 20s, early 30s. I'm more mid-30s now, but kind of tweeting at things. And we're all doing the math going, wait a minute, I'm going to be this old so i thought that was funny to put it uh, in there but um so i had 55 percent say that it was pretty close i had 55 percent say benny alfenweiss and i think 45 i might have a five percent mess up there uh say ryan johnson and i find it interesting that a lot of people are thinking oh yep ryan johnson's trilogy is canceled blah 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 no- nothing substantial is out there saying that just because we have three dates that doesn't mean anything let me tell you carefully dates change i know in my day job we have worked on films that all of a sudden the date has changed or pushed forward or it wasn't announced and all of a sudden they pushed it forward it's it's kind of a semi-permanent thing but yeah, I, I do think the general consensus, which I'm curious to see how this is going to work, there's a, a rumor going around that, I, I don't know how this is going to quite work, but there's a rumor that it's like the Benioff and Weiss is hopefully going to be the Old Republic, and then the Ryan Johnson is going to be like after, obviously, episode 9 and 10, but like significantly after, because otherwise you're going to kind of get into the territory of, I don't know. But yeah, somehow they're going to reference each other. Maybe that's wishful thinking because I know a lot of fans, including myself a little bit, wanted to have kind of an MCU through line. Not as intertangled, but yeah. Now, is that just working together to kind of establish this new universe or because the films are that intertwined? Again, that could be very hearsay or whatever but and of course we're now gonna have because i'm a christmas baby i'm three days before christmas so i love that since like 2016 no 2015 
Star Wars and Christmas. I think this is why I became a super fan about 2015. I've always been a fan. I remember seeing the original trilogy released in the cinemas as the special edition in 1997 because I was that generation they talked about in the commercial. You saw like this TV screen and it said for a whole generation has experienced Star Wars like this and then the X-Wing comes out and it goes to the big screen and it's talking about the special edition and things like that. And I, I was that generation. I mean, I have been a Star Wars fan from six years old, probably. But I really got into super fandom 2015. And I guess also because I was so close to everything and had friends working on the visual effects. And yeah, for me, The Force Awakens had that energy that I felt the prequels were kind of missing. But that's just my opinion. Totally understand if other people don't feel that way. But that's just me. But it's weird that now we're kind of getting a Star Wars Avatar, Star Wars Avatar. I can't believe that we actually are getting four more Avatars. Like, oh. we, we talked about this in a different podcast I do, a visual effect one. That Avatar did a lot for visual effect industry and movie making in general. Like, and actually game, uh, game development as well because of what uh, the motion capture because motion capture traditionally, just a slight little off here, because motion capture traditionally is like kind of in like a 10 foot by 10 foot space. They had stuff on animals. They were running up and down the stage and, and the visual effects were not gimmicky. And when I, sorry, not the visual effects, I mean the stereoscopic, the 3D. So you didn't have the, oh, I'm coming right towards you. But as a story, it's Fern Gully in space and dances with wolves. And it's, it's nothing new. And because of that, I don't understand how we're going to have a universe outside of that or bigger than that. Like, I, it had great creature design. I loved, I don't even know the birds or the pterodactyl looking things. It had wonderful creature designs. Those were awesome because they had kind of like almost square-like features. And I was into that. But again, I, I don't want to see four more films of it. And it's like, it came out in 2009, and now we're going to get, it's just, I, I don't know. So I'm curious, because obviously working in the visual effect industry, I know how much like work gets done, and then when it's not used, the artists and everyone gets really bummed out. So I don't, I don't wish ill, but at the same time, I, I will be surprised if all get made. I could be wrong, it could be amazing, who knows, but I just... Four? So a total of five? That's almost, yeah. I'm going to stop going on a bit of a tangent. Back to Star Wars. So <laughs> anyway, it's just one of those, I don't know how I feel about sharing my Christmas time with Avatar. I'm hoping that it's, we're going to get some more stuff on like Disney Plus and things like that. Because it was funny, I, as kind of a content creator, I was like, oh crap, we're not getting films every year. So we, we don't do we have stuff to talk about now to speculate? Because obviously a lot of our content that we create and podcast about or make videos about or make click even clickbait about, it's all like a lot of speculation. Well, if you don't have that, what do you talk about? But I do feel, and this is something we're going to cover in a second, they're going to cover more mixed media stuff. I've noticed that about kind of the if you want to call it the Disney era of Star Wars, we're getting a lot of mixed media. So we're getting TV shows, we're getting YouTube channels. Like, let me tell you, I love 
the Star Wars Kid channel. Like the little animated shorts. And actually one of the best ones I saw is the Palpatine one and the Yoda one. Because they add kind of additional scenes. And the Palpatine one is actually great. Because like I said, he's not my favorite character. But I have appreciation for him. And this, this little animated cartoon is awesome. Like, I even enjoyed the Forces of Destiny. I, I hope they're coming back, but I don't know if that's now been kind of put on hold because we have Star Wars kids and they don't want conflicting YouTube channels. But another thing is I am enjoying the books. Like, my last live stream, I kind of talked about the prophecies stuff said in the Claudia Gray Master and Apprentice. And I haven't quite finished the book, but I'm really enjoying it. So what they've just recently announced is a whole slew of books called, uh, you know, Journey to the Rise of Skywalker or whatever. I always like this, like, and I guess here's kind of the debate out to you guys. I, I love that we kind of get these like massive books and things, you know, the journey to Force Awakens, the journey to The Last Jedi, the journey to The Rise of Skywalker. Now, I know the debate could be said, oh, but why do we need to have, you know, books to fill in the backstory and things? I, I, I can see that point. I think the tricky thing is we are now reduced to a lot of story building. Because, like, for example, the last decade, we have had Game of Thrones. And so we have had, I do have a connection, so bear with me. We have had so much time to really dive into these characters. And we're almost like, as like a culture now, and I feel consuming stories and media and things, we almost expect that kind of world building. But you, and like the MCU is another one where the films were like that. But guys, both of them took 10 years to really get us to that now it's tricky with star wars and this is why i say you can't really compare it to the mcu is it's a whole different beast it's a whole different kind of business model things like that so you can't the world is there and they have to just kind of build it in a different way so i think building it books and comics and and things like that like i was i really want to start reading the poe dameron comments because i was so happy that we had a few scenes that were right after um the last jedi and things and it's funny because it, i i have to reread them but it's almost like poe's bragging and ray is just kind of like the hell is this dude but i digress but anyway some of the books that kind of out to me i'm so excited i'm bear with me i'm going to pull up the actual titles first of all i love the art books i need to get them but if i could do anything in a in the film industry still but something different than being an editor i would love to be an art department like just oh god i wish i could draw like that and because i always have all these things in my head that i wish i could draw so the first one that really stood out to me was the Rise of Skywalker art, the photo, the picture, it's interesting that it's like Rey and Kylo, but it's like, I can't, they don't, it's like they're fighting, but not quite. And they definitely are on two different planes because it's purple and it's interesting. I just noticed this is very moment. Obviously we know in Star Wars lore, red is Sith or dark side, blue is light. Looking at this background, Ray is in red, and Kylo 
is in blue. So, I don't know. I, in my head canon, I almost wanted them to do this number. I wanted him to go from the dark to the light, and her to go from the light to the dark. And that's how we get Ben Demption, is it's almost like he's like, I don't know, this, not this cheesy, so I, this is why I don't, I'm not a script writer, but something like he knows what the darkness is and he knows she's not that person. Just like she knows he's not fully dark. I don't know. Like, they just kind of help each other out. But I'm, I'm really curious how they're going to do this in Rise of Skywalker. But anyway, that was the first book that really stood out to me that I was like, oh, this is interesting. And someone else brought up on Twitter, which was a very good point, the art of The Force Awakens had Kylo on it. The Art of Last Jedi had Rey, and now we have both of them on the third one. So again, balance, echoes, it's just there. And yeah, it, even if you're not a Raylo person, I, I like Raylo connection, as in they're connected. Not necessarily romantic, but there's definitely a deeper connection there. And so I, I, I enjoy the balance. I'm, I've always been a yin and yang kind of person and fascinated with that kind of stuff. Um, this is the one that jumped out to me. This one's called Force Collector. Now, some people I've heard when they've been broadcasting about it. First of all, let's describe the, the cover. So the cover is a young guy, uh, black hair, and kind of a mountainy looking planet, which looks very similar to kind of the Wadi Rum stuff we saw in the trailer. And he's got a backpack very similar to Luke. It almost looks like in the backpack is the training droid brown thing that was in the Millennium Falcon, a stormtrooper helmet, a lightsaber in the side. He's carrying a sand person um, thing, you know, the which that impression came out better than I was expecting. Um, but what jumps out to me is the sleeves. Like, how do we always think of Kylo Ren, at least for me? And, and Ray is their arm wraps and he's clearly wearing black with black glove arm wraps and it, it, it looks like Ben Solo now I don't know where this timeline ends because some people just I have to see what the exact synopsis is but that one really just made me go oh, okay we're going there in a good way so I'm I'm very curious on is this him is this not it could be a massive you know misdirect but I do find it quite interesting um, and then I think also kind of the hopeful 501st in me I love that the visual dictionary there's a new stormtrooper he looks a lot like the the snow trooper that was never really shown in the, the Force Awakens because the really I don't know how they see out of these helmets but yeah it's got like um the kind of two nozzles in the front and things so but you know the 501st people are like yes another build another crl here we go um i think they just got the mud trooper approved from solo which i think is actually one of my favorites and i dig all the rogue one ones which is hilarious like i actually dig the kind of anthology or star wars story film troopers but i digress so I guess it just kind of goes to, I, I'm, there's a whole bunch more. Um, okay, so the other, of course, the one I'm very excited about is the proper book, Resistance Reborn. I knew it was a resistance something. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested. I'm so invested now 
in these new characters, which is quite interesting. I actually was talking to my brother last night and he's the complete opposite. He's like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care about these characters. I don't know enough about them. You know, he doesn't know enough about the First Order and things like that. And that, that's a very valid point because I guess I'm invested because I read the other materials or I watch the other materials or I play the video game and things like that. Like, I think the more and more it's they're almost tying more and more into the single player thing of Battlefront. So I encourage I'm a massive Battlefront player. Not as in like popularity, but like I really enjoy the game. I, I really encourage people to try it now because it's no longer the play to win. It hasn't been played to win for over a year now, even though like there's like a thing going on in Congress in America right now that they're using it when they're talking about they're using it when they're talking about play to win and making legislation and anything, which I don't think is quite fair. But anyway, um, but within that game. Luke Skywalker is looking for artifacts. Palpatine is in a sentinel. So he had like a backup plan and things. So it's it's more and more tying in. Like it's not longer just a, oh, hey, it'd be cool to have the compass from Battlefront 2 and with Luke Skywalker stuff. It, it's almost, I don't know if it's purposely that tied in, but it's very interesting that more and more things are very tied in. So I'm, I'm very interested to see about this Resistance Reborn book, what they're going to cover. I'm really interested to see what they talk about with Leia um, and things like that. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in those kind of things. So that I'm excited, waiting for those books to come out. But the thing is, I'm not a very fast reader, and actually I'm not a very good reader at all, being dyslexic. So Master and Prentice I've had, I've been listening to as an audiobook, and it's been amazing, like, I don't know the gentleman who's the narrator's name, but he's perfect. And like the the production value of these audiobooks, it's almost like listening to like a teleplay or something like that. You've got the sound effects, you've got the music. I mean, it does not sound like just somebody rambling at you, kind of like what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that's that's just so that's that's quite exciting. And then of course, I kind of in other news, Galaxy's Edge is really it's on the cusp of opening up. And things. I find it interesting that you need to have reservations at Disneyland, but not Disney World. There's got to be a reason behind that. I don't know if it's going to be smaller or Disney World doesn't get the as much tourism as Disneyland. So I, I yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know enough about it. I'm just curious on what that would be and everything. But, um, but this is what I do when I don't have a co-pilot. I fly solo, doing more of like a live stream, talk about some kind of current events in Star Wars and things or any kind of speculations. Please consider, um, I have a Patreon page and it's postcards from the galaxy's edge. Um, I'll put the links below uh, after I'm finished with the live stream and things. Uh, I'd love to make more content. I'm hoping if I reach a certain tier, I want to do more some breakdown videos on kind of one about the music of like John Williams and how I feel it's one of the reasons why Star Wars is so timeless and why it's it, it's just there's a lot and like the use of motifs like you it's almost like cues you know we know now this you could almost like not watch you could just listen and you can hear oh this is when this character comes in this is when that character comes in and things like that and that's a very 
inspiring kind of way of doing it. And then I'd love to do one kind of breaking down more the, the visual effect aspects and the use of special effects versus visual effects, because sometimes that term is used interchangeably and it actually is two different things. Bless, like, bless my uh, parents. Sometimes I have to be like, no, no, it's not special effects, it's visual effects I work in. Two different things. Um, so yes, please consider looking at the Patreon page or just even consider just liking and subscribing. I also do um, game streams where I have uh, I stream Star Wars games. At the moment, I'm kind of doing a, a retro game night. So started last night, did um, Knights of the Old Republic, kind of with the, the excitement of the, the hopeful Benny Alphenweiss. Can you imagine if they actually finally announced the Ben and Alphenweiss and it's not Old Republic? Everyone's going to be like, wait what <laughs> but again they've never said anything so it's more on us getting excited that we're like oh it's, that's of course that's what they're gonna do no there's no guarantee but anyway it's a very timeless star wars game and actually it has one of my favorite jedis before ray was bastila shan and she had a dual lightsaber and it's she falls in love with a darksider and it, it's very similar kind of parallels with, sort of, again, the pinch of cinnamon here, you know, Kylo Ren and Rey. I mean, the helmets even look very similar between Revan and Kylo Ren. But um, yeah, so if you are very interested in that, I'm hoping to get more people in the chat. And I would love to get it to where like, we kind of, because it's, it's an RPG game, so we all get in there and you help me decide, like, do I take the bounty? Do I kill this person do i spare this person if not i'll just play myself and yeah there you go but it would it would be fun and engaging it's like so that will be on twitch uh that's shenanigan plays so shenanigan underscore plays and shenanigan is spelled e-n at the end not a-n um again all this stuff will be in the links down below so um got lots of stuff coming up so again thank you very much for checking this out thanks again to my wonderful navigator uh, Jerry, and I will see you guys very soon.